1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Glowing in Tech. This week we have part two of our episode with Nenny, and it's going to be a juicy one so please make sure you let us know your thoughts on some of the topics that we tackle on today's episode.
0: Sponsored by
2: Makers. How did you figure out you wanted to do postgraduate work? Um, how did I figure out I wanted to do a postgrad? So after that I actually worked for a few other companies um, doing different random different things but all within tech and um I actually created the tech over foundation yeah which was created from the tech over so I'm on Instagram now everyone's seeing me COVID hits I actually left that automotive company as while COVID was happening I was like yeah I'm not going to my mental state is already low I'm not going to take some more like foolishness no no I'll figure it out I'll I'll make websites for people I'll make apps because I've learned how to do that as well so I was like yeah I'll figure it out So here I am. I leave, (laughs) I leave this company and I'm now freelance and I'm doing projects online. And during that time I actually made an algorithm that was able to detect, well, I say this very loosely. I created an algorithm that gave the illusion that it was able to detect beauty. So the way I kind of programmed this algorithm was that I fed into the, the data, the yeah, into the algorithm a bunch of white females, the stereotypical kind of standard of beauty for someone that's in the UK. Um, I fed that into the system and I gave that tag as beautiful. And then I fed other women from other races into that and gave them a lower count, which meant by the time the algorithm was finished and this facial detection algorithm was done, and let's say it's used for like a beauty app. And in that beauty app, it's like, you wanna see how pretty you are and how beautiful you are. women who weren't white had a considerably lower percentage and what that did is i was able to start conversations online or social media to show the dangers of like you know coding bias mm-hmm. and be like listen i pro- i know it's a bit out there to say this this person's beautiful this person's not beautiful but this is an extreme case of the dangers yeah. of um not having a diverse amount of people in the room um from different backgrounds different ethnicities different socioeconomic backgrounds different just different people in the room even um different uh, besides genders but um different sexual preferences because who's to say that one person is beautiful and another person isn't beautiful mm-hmm. but if everybody in that room is a white cis male who is maybe in it to them they're attracted to a, a white woman, then of course a black woman's never gonna be attractive using that app or using whatever that software is in. Uh so yeah, I wanted to show the dangers of coding bias and um it kind of went viral. Yeah, like a lot of people online were trying to talk about it and were curious about it and were asking me questions. And some people really hated it. Like how dare you create an app that does this and blah I was like, well, I wouldn't actually put this on the market now. Like yeah, this, is, yeah, this yeah, is all for yeah. educational purposes. I just wanna show you that there's a lot of apps that are similar to this right now. And you don't even realize, you know, in America, a black man that has never been to a certain state is being put in jail yeah. because a CCTV camera that has a facial detection algorithm linked to it is saying, that mm-hmm. man created, um, committed that crime and you're just like how do you this man has never left this state Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you believe this algorithm like over a man saying look at my passport look at this i this is where i live i ain't got i haven't gone nowhere Mm -hmm. and he was able to be in jail for like how many days before they realized oh okay he actually really wasn't here to me that's really ridiculous so Here I am, I just put this online and then I'm talking about it and people are loving it. And so um, an opportunity came up from the office uh, for students, I believe. And they were like, okay, do you know what? Um, If you're a person of color, especially, or a minority of any sort, and you feel like you wanna be in data science and you don't know how to get into data science, even if you don't come from a technical background, um, you can apply to this. You can apply to do a postgrad, a master's in data science. So I just applied and there was a, maybe like 10 really good universities on that list that you could go to. And I applied and one of them was University of the West of England. So I was like, oh, not me going back to my former uni. <laughs> oh, um, so like, this is like, I graduated in 2018 and I went back to uni in 2021. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back to UE. Why not? Um, and that's how I went back and did my postcard, oh. just because I used the algorithm that I created online and the traction and the way people responded to it as part of my application. And yeah. then that kind of went on to get me the the scholarship. Lovely.
1: Yeah. And you spoke about like how that was part of forming what became the Tech Over Foundation. What was that? What was that like? What happened there?
2: Yeah, so the Tech Over Foundation was me working for all these tech companies and just being fed up. I just felt like I wasn't respected. Um, even in the automotive company there were times then I'll, I'll be asked to like do menial jobs like grab this or grab that like things that weren't in my job description and i realized from talking to women and joining networks that it was um a lot of them had the similar stories like there were senior engineers getting coffee and i was like yeah no i mean one of the companies i worked for fired me because of my afro like what yeah no. at the time um and this is a big energy company Ooh. Ooh yes I, LinkedIn? Mm. Oh, I, I didn't even put them up on, on linkedin sorry i didn't even put them there because i ain't giving them no spotlight i did not work at that company <laughs> i do not know who you are no.
0: absolutely not today yeah
2: <laughs> um but yeah big energy company very like they had the when you when you hear of them you think that they're really progressive and they'd be the kind of company to embrace a black woman in engineering but no um I got fired because of my afro and when I asked the lady in question from HR who was definitely racist definitely I can't really blame the entire company but this woman in HR who's hired to be in charge and like to support people was racist so you can imagine the experiences for the people of color in that company anyway um she was she just didn't even give me a meeting nothing she just fired me she was literally just like um yeah uh you keep coming with your hair like this i've told you um it's not appropriate blah 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 blah." and that was it that's incredible and that's i was like oh. in this age. Wait, yeah was this, this this was um mm, what year was this i want to say that sometime between 2012 and 2016 like that's how much i've blurred them out of my head yeah um and I got fired and um I didn't know my rights because I, I just didn't know that that was actually illegal to do yeah I just thought well if a company don't want you they have they can get rid of you whenever they they want right and I tried to beg her and everything and she, she was like, she's like to me I I liked her nice sweet she was pregnant at the time as well so I was like girl how are you this mean and you got a kid on the way like come on mm. anyway so she's um well I've been fired from this company and um but then after that I kind of joined um like coding communities like coding black females girl black girls in tech other communities and um just from being around them and speaking to women in those communities i realized oh oh so you mean they can't do that to me and like well obviously i'd I'd left by this point it was like so much like maybe a year later or something so i'd left and i actually went to another company where i got fired because my manager was trying to sleep with me um and i was like i am (laughs) no and um they fired me, but because I knew my rights, because I was in these networks, I was like, ooh, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. So but I was like, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a bang. I went around the entire company. I was like, do you, and he, cause he fired me on the premise that I don't actually work. Um, So I went around, I was like, hello, this department. Do you think I work or not? They're like, oh, you do all the work. You do more work than your manager. Like you're always, you do his work too. Like your business. I was like, can you actually write this down? And I like, put this in writing, they're like, yeah. So they, put their signature on it I said lovely went to another department what do you think about me do you think I work you're such a hard worker when everyone leaves at like 5 30 you're here to 8 p.m like to be fired for like not working when you leave at like 8 p.m sometimes and you're like I'm just like what the audacity (laughs) I was like what is going on so I, I did all of that I left, made a big scene. Like uh, people are like, oh, where are you going? Oh, I've just been fired. So I, w- I will probably not see you again. <laughs> and then I left and then I was like, why are you so emotional about this? And then you've got all these signatures. Call your manager's manager and ex- tell him what's been going on. And I think often, because uh, my manager is a white man, mm. I think often um, when it comes to black women, because we are like, we don't want to, we don't want to lose our job or be seen as difficult. Yeah. We just take it. We're just like, okay, um my manager touched my bum, but I need this job. I need this money. It's like and where like it's so hard for me to get a job because of being a black woman. And people already like that that's that um what's the word? There's already that difficulty there that Uh, okay it could be worse it's not not that bad I'm just gonna make excuses for it because it's it's not detrimental really to me but you don't realize that stuff is really psychologically affecting you every time something happened I went back and spoke to the ladies Mm. in my network I was like is this normal Mm. no it's not normal and um yeah so I spoke to my manager's manager and best believe the next day they rehired me back to that company and slapped on some extra money, uh-huh. but um, they still didn't fire my manager. And they said that they can't afford to get rid of him. That's what they but said to me. Was he
0: that much of a value add? Like what
2: was... Yeah, they said that he, because they were, I guess, underfunded, I don't I don't really know what was going on. But if he left, knowing all that he knew, it could have affected the company uh-huh. on a large scale. Uh-huh. And that happens yeah. very often where it's mm-hmm. like a lot of women f- are forced to be silenced or they're yeah. paid off. Cause I kind of feel like I was being paid paid off yeah, in that yeah. moment. Um, And the only reason that they rehired me is because I was like, I'm going to (laughs) sue. Like Mm. I'm suing all of y'all because this is wrong. Um, And yeah, and this is the danger is when it comes to being like, if this was a black man, we all know that he would have been probably even arrested Mm. for what, Mm. you know, but they they just gave him a little slap on the wrist. You have to go for some disciplinary training or something, some managerial training. Mm. I went on a little bit of a tangent, but that's just to give you a backstory of why I decided to start my own thing, because Mm. I was like. I want to be a voice for women. I want to help support and the people who really, really need it. i had done like over a hundred workshops where I was either like speaking in them or teaching or just supporting whoever was doing it. So i had been a part of so many things in the UK and in Europe that I was like, okay, I want to take what I've learned and how like all my training and stuff that I've done. And I want to actually take this to places where the girls don't have access to any of this. The girls are, they're in university studying and they're dealing with lecturers who are like touching them up or just trying to, you know, like I want the people who are really in the situations where if I said to them, we're going to find a grant and get you this amount of money or we're going to help you and support you, they won't have to do things that would really put them in in really detrimental situations. Um, And so, yeah, just before I actually graduated uni, um, my dissertation for the, when I was on my robotics course, my dissertation was, Um, inspired by me making a drone and um, Santander Santander Bank actually sponsored the creation of that drone and they gave me prize money because I applied for a medical competition and won it with the drone. So once they've given me this money, I used it. I went to Nigeria, um, flew the drone, used the drone to deliver medication from a hospital to a village. And I saw the like reaction of the people in the village and how much they loved like seeing the drone up in the sky and flying and the young girls were like, you're so cool. I want to be like you. How do I do this? And I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, yes, teaching in the UK. I love it. If you want me to teach, hit me up. But yeah. um, but it's like there's, there's actual areas where like the fact that the girls thought it was witchcraft, there needs to be like some core education done. Like is, this is not even about like, oh, where do I want to do? Do I want to do UK versus Nigeria? No, it's like. There's a lot more education and awareness that has to be done there because at the end of the day, I, I'm also Nigerian. I want my country to progress and I, I don't want them to see drones and think that it's witchcraft mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I also want girls who are in these situations where their whole life they're taught that, you know, you're just going to marry a, a nice rich man and that's going to be your life and make sure you learn, you know how to cook. You know, like that. that's a, how a lot of the experiences of those girls in the villages Um, would have ended up being. Um, So just seeing the reaction and seeing it like, oh, I want to do this too. How can I do this? I was like, yeah, this is where I'm meant to be. I want to be in countries. I want to be in villages. I want to be in regions, wherever. I want to be in spaces where I'm needed. Mm -hmm. Communities that, you know, are underserved and um, people often forget about. So yeah, um, taking that and then years later, obviously I've worked in all these different companies now COVID has hit. I'm like, I'm leaving this automotive company. I'm, I've, I've had enough. And then, uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, let me try and do my own thing. Arduino, a really amazing company hit me up and wanted me to talk about the dissertation and the drone project and everything I did in Nigeria years before. So they hit me up and were like, can you speak for Arduino Day? And I was like, not the, one of the biggest robotics uh, companies in the world hitting up your girl absolutely. because of Instagram. So I was like, <laughs> oh, listen, I'm not never gonna hit on social media again. Um, and so they hit me up and I was like, yes, of course I'll speak. Uh, every person who loves robotics and wants to get into robotics starts with an Arduino. So the fact that like, life has come full circle now and now I'm you want me to speak for, on your Arduino day to thousands across the world I was like wow so yeah here I am speaking I tell them about the experience and all of this and I say to them I really want to go back to Nigeria and do some more work like that mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the interview ended and then afterwards I was like do you know what In any you're no stranger to writing emails and writing letters to people. I mean, this ha- that's how I go to uni the first time. So I was like, listen, I'm going to write another letter. So I wrote a letter to them on the email. And I was like, hi, Arduino. Um, I really want to do this. This is what I want to do. Thank you for having me on Arduino Day. But I want to help more. I don't want the conversation to stop here. What, mm. How can we do more together? I want to go to Nigeria and I want to do a workshop. Could you guys put it, like support or sponsor or be a part of this in any shape way, or form? And they were like, do you know what? We love you and we love what you're doing. We are going to sponsor you. And literally I get to Nigeria and they sent so much hardware to Nigeria directly straight from, I think it was Italy. They sent so much stuff to oh. me, like thousands like of worth of uh, of pounds worth of stuff. And I'm just like, ooh, like they really came through. And I was able to um, teach 50 girls who were affected by Boko Haram um, in the northern region of Nigeria, if you've not heard about Boko Haram. It's, there's a lot going on in the northern region of Nigeria and um, the young girls are affected and the, there's they're always told that all they can do is like menial jobs. That's all they're going to mm-hmm. amount to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a lot of despair and a lot of like not a lot of hope. Girls in that region get kidnapped all the time, um, get sold for parts. Like it's really horrible what goes on in that region. And for me, I know it's like people have told me, oh, but it's not very safe to go there yourself. Like, why would you, why would you put yourself in that situation where you could just have your nice little job here in the UK and just... Be cool and i was like because at the end of the day if a woman didn't go onto stage at the ywe awards and say this is what my struggle is and this is who i am now and blah 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 i wouldn't even be here so i like i'm not going to not do something and not be visible and not represent for people that especially look like me Just because people like say oh you shouldn't do it or it's Mm -hmm. not a good idea like I'm not gonna let that deter me Mm -hmm. and so here I am they're like listen Nigeria's in the the red zone I didn't even know what the red zone was apparently there's some countries I like they're like don't go (laughs) and because of Boko Haram at the time this was one of those countries I was like I don't care I'm gonna go and listen me and God back to God (laughs) me and God we had that covenant he told me and I told him that we we're going to get girls into stem. Um so yeah, I went to Nigeria and I taught 50 girls and it was it, for me it was such an amazing moment because those girls genuinely were great at like building the robots. Yeah. So, like it wasn't even a th- like they've never seen robotics before. Um f- to start the workshop I was like just make a robot out of like empty noodle boxes. So like they had like the cartons from the noodles mm-hmm. Indomie shout out, Indomie Gang. Um <laughs> and they they made what they thought a robot looked like. And they all had the, the humanoid robots. Some of them made cars. I was really impressed. Some of them made clocks. I was like, hmm, I've never thought of a, a clock as a robot, but I guess it is automated, isn't it? So they made all these really cool things. I was like, wow, like a lot of the girls haven't got a lot of formal education. Um, some of them were returning back to school after like working as prostitutes. There was all kinds of really crazy stories. And when I was speaking to someone of like these girls, one of the girls travels two hours every day to school just because she wants an education, she's 11, wow. 11, I don't think I 11, I, I was thinking like that, yeah. she's she, two hours on her own, all kinds of terrain, God knows what can happen to her on the way, but she's just like, I want my education, and anyway, so, they, so I'm teaching them, and they're learning so quickly, and I'm seeing their eyes light up, and they're all like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, like, oh, let me try, and I'm just letting them do their thing, and for me, I was like, yeah, This is the start of the Tekova foundation this is the birth of it this is what i want to do um and i think this is personally my calling um this is what i was meant to always do and yeah for me after that it was the rest is history i've been doing talks and workshops and different things going back to nigeria speaking there and this year we're going to the Philippines. Whoa. Yes. Into <laughs> the Philippines.
1: How would you say somebody from a non-technical background or somebody that's in engineering already? Like, how yeah. would they get into robotics
0: as a career?
2: Yeah. So if you're not from a technical background and you're interested in robotics, um, do not fear. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of roots, honestly. And personally, I wouldn't have gone to uni. Like if I know if I knew what I know now. I would not have gone to uni because robotics is very practical it's very hands-on which means that you can teach yourself you know all you need is the parts and um, luckily on youtube and a lot of like online resources there's so many tutorials so many um things like making your own line following robot making i don't know a robot that responds when you like clap like a sound activated robot there's so many different things now so for me personally if I wanted somebody to get into robotics and I'm, I'm talking to them about it and how th- all of that, I would say, go on to Amazon, go on to eBay. They have robot kits. These kits are like 20 pounds. There's no excuse. Y'all be going f- to dinner. you be taking your bay for food and you be spending 40, 50, 60 pounds. Listen, if you don't have 20 pounds, save it up, Um, you know, work towards it and um, go on to Amazon. Amazon has so many robot kits and the beauty of these kits is they give you so many different parts from resistors all the way to motors to wheels. Um, so you don't have to stress about finding each individual component. Like back in the day, we had to be ordering from China. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and <laughs> waiting for weeks for like one part. But now it's all on Amazon. So I would, um I would tinker about with electronics. Cool. I think that's always the best starting place when it comes to robotics. Play around with some um, electronics. Um, understand the physics behind it, how resistance works, power, all the Ohm laws, stuff like that. And then from that, um, start looking at tutorials. There's a lot of um, things online. MIT has an Intro to Robotics course uh, that's free. Um, they have, they even have an Intro to Computer Science. They have a few things. Um, Harvard has one as well. Go to these top unis because you can put that on your CV. You could say, "Listen, I I did this Intro to CS at Harvard, and um, I completed it, and mm-hmm. you know now I've got this on my CV. That's a still that's still education. Education is not limited to university or going being in a formal institution." um education is really what you make it like if you go online and you teach yourself how to do something on YouTube that's education so yeah do that and in everything you do make a record of it that's the biggest thing that I wish somebody like nobody told me that in university and we didn't even do that really in university um have a record of it it really costs nothing to have an online website there's so many um free there's wordpress you know there's things have a record of it if you don't know how to use github because github you know it has its struggles (laughs) you know um github is not for everybody (laughs) uh but you could just use wordpress and take pictures if you successfully build the robot or even if you don't because in engineering even if something fails that's still a win Mm -hmm. you still learn a lot from it Mm so Take pictures, um, write a word document talking about your process, how you went about it, how you did the design and um, upload it or keep it somewhere for yourself. But when you apply for jobs and you want to get into the industry, when it comes to hardware based engineering like robotics, they don't care about your education so much. Yeah, it's nice to have a fancy uni on there, but they want to see that you can actually do the work can you do you actually understand what resistance is do you un- actually understand how wheels move and like how they work um do you understand motors they, they want to know that you understand the fundamentals and you can easily easily there's people i have helped to get internships in robotics who don't have like that formal education but they have the passion and they've kept records of it and all the things that they do and that's enough companies will hire you especially for an internship or mm-hmm. for entry-level role yeah. they will hire you they'll be like wow so you mean you didn't and you can do all this that's impressive that's yeah. that's the kind of people need people that can do the job now <laughs> yeah. you know that's why you see all these entry-level like junior roles and oh, you, we want four years of experience and you're like excuse me you're an entry-level role why are you asking for this much experience <laughs> yeah, exactly. but you know personal experience and that experience that you've got from your own time maybe not industry but it's still very valuable mm-hmm. um so yeah I'd, I'd start with um st- start okay let me let me start from the beginning so first thing you're gonna do go on to Amazon save up some money buy a robot kit buy an electronics kit start thinking about start learning how like physics of, of all of this works and then after that you're gonna make a record even if your project doesn't work even if you don't know what you did wrong and you get stuck make a record if you if you really really get stuck and you're, you don't know what to do stack overflow is your best friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) somebody knows something about something on there so try that you got chat gpt now there's no excuse (laughs) there's there's, there's no excuse (laughs) Um, and just create a record and then when you apply for like entry-level roles use that's your portfolio right now like that's your portfolio that is you that's that's actually your real cv use that and be like hey um i know my cv's lacking a little bit there's not like all the things that you would expect to be on there but in my cover letter and in my portfolio, you can see exactly what I've done and what I've built. And you can see that I'm active and I'm I'm doing things consistently to make myself a better engineer, or robotics engineer. And companies will love it. You'll be surprised. They will they'll really love that.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I'm glad that it's becoming a lot easier, or not easier, but like the the talent pool is widening in terms yeah. of who can and can't get in. And yeah. the
0: ways that they can do that as well. Because, yeah. yeah. And even to hear about hardware, like, I, I feel like I'm so in the software space that mm. I don't necessarily e- even consider that there are jobs in hardware. Yeah. And it sounds ridiculous, because obviously like I use hardware all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's really mm-hmm. cool to have that conversation and see like the opportunities that are available there because mm. yeah, I don't necessarily think that it's that spoken about when you yeah. s- when you think of tech roles, especially. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just go into data, you go into software, mm. but you wouldn't necessarily here about hardware yeah which n- leads me nicely on <laughs> segment, which is my favorite one Ooh, <laughs> what time is it <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the taxi <laughs> we have a nanny and she'll be spilling the tea on something controversial within okay. the tech industry what's it today
2: hmm. when people say that we need more women in engineering they are very rarely speaking about hardware mm very very rarely even when they give you stats and they're like oh we have like this percentage of women in engineering y'all know you're talking about software you're only talking about software because the women in hardware do you know that there isn't even a record there's actually no stats for how many women are in hardware engineering in the UK (laughs) you should see Amber's face right now (laughs) like it's so ridiculous to me what's uh, the percentage for like subject. women in engineering i think it's like 17.5 it's not even a great number it's, no. it's yeah. still quite low yeah but listen maybe like 0.2 percent is hardware so <laughs> <laughs> like, um yeah uh, for me it's like i love all the initiatives because even before like a couple years ago women in software was a struggle too yeah, yeah. so like i'm I, i'm not hating on the software babes you know <laughs> I, I love y'all <laughs> i ain't hating on y'all but um Yeah, like there needs to be more work as well to get women into hardware because especially when it comes to hardware, there's such a negative stereotype of women can't build and women can't lift and women can't do this and do like physical things regarding hardware. That it's like, why is this there? Who who came up with this? Listen, my name is Nenny the Builder. <laughs> that's, that's what I, I literally go around calling myself. Like Bob the Builder, Nenny the Builder. Yeah. Because th- that stereotype of women, I've seen some women that are doing some crazy thing like landscaping and like I said, welding and things like that. And we've been conditioned to think that that's not a woman's job and that a woman can't do things like mm. that is oh, that's that's for the men. Yeah, well, why would a woman be welding? Why would a woman be working on the car? You yeah. know, why is but why is that so weird? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like it's almost like you got the double stereotype. Not only is that like women can't do computer science, but it's also that women can't build or do physical labor yeah. jobs. So,
0: yeah. And is it even physically intensive?
2: It's really not. It's really like, well, I can't lis- lift a resistor. <laughs> like, like you know what i mean um and in this day and age even if you have something really heavy to lift, even for men they wouldn't make the man lift it because next thing you know you're getting sued these companies don't, they don't want to be like they don't want to be sued yeah. so they they have things that like oh gosh, forklifts and things yeah. yeah like they have things to support you as well that can aid you in lifting heavy things if you need to do that yeah. so that whole stereotype that's been put out there that all oh, women can't build from, it really irks my soul and i meet so many girls who actually got into engineering from building things whether that's lego or whether that's like just playing around with like things that you can assemble um that's how they actually got into engineering and wanted to be an engineer but they just didn't study a hardware su- uh, subject
1: i think as well the lack of women in hardware engineering specifically means that there can be like even more like a lack of exactly innovation in that space exactly and so when I saw your nail project,
0: ah, Ooh, let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> I was like, wow, like, was, not something only was it No, now, <laughs> no, 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 not yeah. even like, don't not, have them not right only now, it's incredible, <laughs> but like, I don't know, it's just like mind blowing that you managed to combine like a really feminine, like something that people do a lot, getting mm-hmm. their nails done, mm-hmm. with that tech side and like your building. So, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit more yeah. about that? Oh, yes, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you might have a video. Um, oh, yeah. For a picture.
2: Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Your, your editor working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> that, that. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, just like going back just off the point that we just made about like women in hardware and there not being a lot that you can see and stuff like that. Like I said, back to God. Listen, I'm a devout <laughs> Christian. Back to Jesus. Back to God. I made that covenant. And I said to myself, okay, I need to get more girls into STEM. What's the easiest way that you can get like the typical average girly girl into like be interested in technology? Mm-hmm. Combine it with things that she already loves and she already likes and are useful to her life. So I was thinking, okay, Nanny, what do you like to do? What's the like most girly thing that you like, thing that you used to spoil yourself? I was like, I do my nails. So I was like, okay, okay. What, what can we do with nails? And I was thinking and thinking. And wearable technology for me has always been something I've really mm-hmm. kind of resonated with. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, when I was working for the automotive company, um, I learned about Linux and like data uh, packets and things like that. Just like just how data and um, but more so data, but just how data is transferred from one place to another. And I learned a little bit about like Bluetooth, a lot about like Wi-Fi and the science behind it because I, I just never had any reason to know about like how the internet and things like that work so now I've had this knowledge and I understand um connections and networking a bit more I was like okay let me test myself let me let me look into it as I'm doing some more research I look into NFC and am near field communication I'm like oh this is like bluetooth but like a different variation of bluetooth you know it's not it doesn't have as much range as bluetooth but there's a lot of instances where you could apply this technology. And I was like, what if you could pay for things with your nails? Like, I was just sat there one day and I was like, and then you always lose your card. Yeah. Shout out to the ADHD gang. Hey, <laughs> like I always lose things. And so I was like, I always forget where I've kept them. So I was like, what can I do to, you know, um, i like my I like, I like getting nails done and i and i lose my card all the time i lose my keys how can i integrate the two and I, I, it just came to me i was like you know what if i could pay for things with my nails and so i did some research and people had like led nails where they put like um they've put led into nfc stickers mm-hmm. and they like you could just like your nails will light up when it is near like oh. an nfc device and and i was like oh this is quite cool but i was like mm, i want to like elevate this what can i do to make it a bit more fancy and that's where the painful stuff came in and i was like if i put my bank card in my nails and my nails are semi-permanent they're here for like four weeks or something i'm never losing my nails like yeah. they they aren't there you know um so i was like yeah just do it that way and so that's how the project came about i found a really really um amazing factory in Guangzhou in China and they and I told them about what I wanted to do. They already did LED nails. So I was like, what if we just collaborated? Like, you already have the technology. You have the printer to be able to do this. I'm going to do some design. I'm going to go online and do some hardware design and, and kind of recalibrate the circuit that you already have. If you're okay sharing your designs with me for the LED, I'm going to take that and I'm going to recalibrate your circuit and try and fit in an actual data chip into that as opposed to just so an cool. LED. <laughs> so for like four to six months, Me and this company, this factory, we just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's crazy because I already like did work in uh, Guangzhou just from Anime and Chill, which is the the anime company. So we had anime merch where we do like anime durags and anime bonnets. (laughs) So like they were already making stuff like that in the neighboring factories. So it was just me talking around and speaking to people like, oh, this factory does electronics. And I found out they did LED nails. And so... They shared their, their designs with me. I was like, oh, you must really like me because yeah, this is me. like top secret. And, and then, yeah, so I recalibrated it a bit, played around, spoke to a lot of networking engineers, had a lot of support. And then ultimately w- was able to put a data chip in there too. And then um, the, sent the design to the company. The company printed it with their NFC sticker printer. Uh, which means that you can basically have any circuit but super flat Mm -hmm. and then yeah it being super flat and being a sticker meant I could actually stick it on to my nails and then build an acrylic nail on top of that and then it's protected it's like in the casing right so it's not it's not going anywhere unless you break your nail then sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it's not going nowhere and and that's how the nail project came about that's so cool cool. yeah
0: do you, can people buy that like what's the whole situation surrounding that
2: do you know what's crazy um at the time when it when i first dropped it because i've seen so many people on tiktok now and, and i'm like oh this is where i'm kind of like i should not just focus on instagram i should have yeah, been on uh, on, on, on the on the tiktok mm-hmm. on the clock app because i see people like getting thousands of followers yeah. off led nails like just doing like similar projects um but i still haven't seen anyone pay for stuff yet so I'm thinking, you know, I could really like patent this and do some real work with this. Oh, yeah, but there's you also yes, exclusive. As a fellow um,
1: ADHD babe, I would actually need. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the ADHD. <laughs>
2: but um, yeah, the reason I I didn't when it first when I first made it was because. There were there's people who are doing it already. It's not it's not really a unique idea, but the fact that I've combined it, I think that's what made it unique. The fact that I've combined it in the way that I did, and then there's also a lot of regulations and laws surrounding actually putting bank cards and putting that that into your nails. So, um, if I was to sell, and I am very close to you know working with a brilliant nail designer called No For Nails, we're working on something so Mm -hmm. exclusive. Um, exclusive you heard it first on glowing in tech podcast (laughs) um so me and No nails are working on something we may also be working on a robot that does the nails too (gasps) super exclusive listen listen if you need
1: um People to test it on. Yeah,
2: I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at your nails. Like, yes, feel like a no for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse's one
0: that likes. Check out the YouTube your video. blank
2: <laughs> your blank canvas right now. There's there's so many possibilities you're right ready now. For me. You're, you're already. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. not them hearing us laughing into the <laughs> pod uh, but yeah. So, um we're working on some stuff and um am gonna do all the proper legal stuff behind that as well to just make sure and also the factory in china the, i have to make sure that they ain't gonna try to sell it you know yeah that's a good point um so th- there's a lot of legal things that we're kind of doing in the background but um I don't think it's going to have a bank card attached to it. I don't think there's going to have a payment system, but I will set up the nails. We're going to do press-ons. I will set up the nails in a way that you can, if you know how to do it, if you know how to program it, you can put that onto your your nails. So I'm going to give people the option rather than, myself to it because i'm not ready for no barclays and no santander to be like oh, what are you doing <laughs> you know mm. and obviously with anything with any type of technology there's a risk you know next year you don't want crime to come from that where it's like chopping off people's fingers to get the nails and Oof. you know there's just that, yeah. but that's like anything right you don't you don't want to that risk um so I, I think with tech you always have to think of like the good and bad Absolutely,
1: so, absolutely. Yeah. but it, yeah in in tech as well mm. you're at the frontier of the innovation in this i love all the fashion tech oh, stuff you do you. so um yeah i think it would be great if you could tell people where we can follow you
2: yes. oh yeah okay so you know i told y'all instagram is my bag um my online alias on everything i'm the tech over so t-h-e-t-e-c-h-o-v-e-r um, and you can pretty much find me there. Like I put up things I get up to. I'm gonna start vlogging very soon. So I'm gonna join y'all you on YouTube. Gonna be doing a day in the life of a robotics engineer and stuff like that. Cause oh I really want to increase I the can't representation. Yeah, <laughs> <I can't> wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a film coming out soon. Um, hopefully in 2025, 2026. Um, but yes, I'm doing that with support from channel four and we are parable. And the film is called STEM. It's about scientists, technologists, engineer, mathematician, four black women working in London, navigating life, love, and career. So it's like if you if you like Sex in the City and if you like Hidden Figures or Girls Trip, it's a mashup of all of that. Love that. So okay. stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're staying tuned. <laughs> okay. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank you learning. so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been amazing.
1: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Glowing in Tech. We hope you enjoyed listening. And we wanted to share some of the community comments that we've had from last week's episode. Shout out to Code Funhouse, who said, we absolutely love this. Dream big and execute with hard work. Very inspiring. And Annie does so much work and it's so important. And the fact that she does so much that's visible too means that she's able to inspire others to be able to do the same. We really love to hear from you across our social media channels. So make sure that you do comment and let us know your thoughts on anything we've spoken on today. Thanks so much and see you next week available on all major podcast platforms.